Hey everybody, Superfan Giovanni here. Welcome to Classic Loveline, episode 464 from July 9th, 1997. A Wednesday night show with guest Suzanne Vega. First up, some corrections about the episodes that aired over the holidays. For episode 450 with Tom Arnold, in the intro, I explained it had the Hormel story. I believe it has a reference to the Hormel plant where he worked. But the true telling of that story, and the story of his sister, the meth dealer, actually take place in his second episode second known episode in the year 2000. So, sorry about that. We will be airing the episode from 2000, eventually. Sorry about the missing intro on 460. It was recorded. Try not to let that happen again. And in the intro for 463, I believe I said June instead of July. The show is from July, as it says in the notes. So, once again, my blunder. Sorry about that. Now, this episode today is another one of these Kevin tapes. I'm officially over 200 tapes into his 300-plus tape collection of some of the most key missing era of classic Loveline, including stuff the official tapes didn't seem to have. Luckily, he came along when he did, partly because of these intros. So, awesome. If you have tapes, please send them in. Get a hold of me. So this is primarily another Lost Kevin tape, but it's actually in total emerging of four incomplete files. We first got a chunk of the Suzanne Vega episode a few years back, including the portion with an impromptu duet between her and Adam over her hit Tom's Diner. Then another recording came from Engineer Mike, an actual CD copy of the board capture of them performing Tom's Diner, just that chunk. We got another piece of the ending, and then we got the majority of the show from Kevin. All told, I was able to add it to all together, and we have what seems like a full running time with no overlap. At most, we're missing a minute or 90 seconds uh, between break four and five. You'll notice a jump in the show. It's taken over 17 years to recover this show, and five years of fairly intensive editing. What you're hearing actually probably has 30 or 40 hours put into it, just to get it this far. 99% complete is probably as much as we're going to get with this episode. It's a really good one. Suzanne's a really interesting uh, guest. This seems to be her classic Loveline debut. Takes her a bit to process the format. She's a great sport doing her own song on Earth Adam. And if you want a new ringtone, make sure to keep this file. We actually inserted the official board capture of them performing on air together, so the audio quality is insanely good. And in this episode, Adam gets Dr. Drew to agree to give him a physical, sans the butt stuff, of course. This is all leading up to the eventual wart exam in the year 2000, and the Molly Sims episode, where Dr. Drew actually examines Adam's penis with acetic acid and a black light with Dr. Marcel in tow. We will be airing that episode. We have an abundance of copies of that one, including a board capture. Until then, enjoy this amazing episode that truly was a labor of love to reassemble, and is one of the all-time rarest and most entertaining episodes in the history of Classic Loveline. As per usual, this was recorded in 1997. Some of the medical advice may be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Catherwood on Current Day Loveline, 1-800-L-O-V-E-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast One, on Facebook, Podcast One there as well, and PodcastOne.com, the home of all your favorite podcasts. And if you'd like to hear more of my work or check out one of my several interviews with Adam Kroll or Dr. Drew, please visit SuperfanGiovanni.com. Mahalo, and get it on. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. Loveline's meant for an adult audience. Loveline may contain sexually oriented content. Listener discretion is advised. Here's Loveline with Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. Yes, it is Loveline. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. I'm Adam Carolla. That is Dr. Drew. He's a board-certified physician. 
an addiction medicine specialist, not the love doctor, uh, not your buddy, not your Aunt Ruth, who's uh, drunk and delving out or dispensing advice at a Thanksgiving dinner. Mm. He's just a doctor, and that's why when people say, how come there's no entertainment value at all to what Drew says, I say he's an M.D., Says it all, huh? He's not the love doctor. If he was the love doctor, it'd have to be um, interesting. Suzanne Vega is here tonight. Uh, she is uh, on the Lilith tour mm-hmm. with um, folks like uh, Joan Osborne and Sarah McLaughlin and uh, Fiona Apple and Cheryl Crow and Tracy Chapman and uh, many other ladies who I imagine were influenced by you uh, to some degree. I mean, certainly... Uh, you know, Joan Osborne isn't any older than 25, 26, is she? And uh, we know Fiona... <laughs> is she, Joan Osborne's not old, is she? I don't know how old she is. So, I think it's we know so in that movie. Fiona Apple's right uh, 14. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, these are people who are doing what you were have been doing and still are doing for, you know, the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. So that's got to be kind of cool. It is rather cool. Do you get your butt kissed around there? But kissed. I wouldn't say I get it kissed, although uh, I met Jewel yesterday, and she said that she'd been listening to my uh, music since she was a very little girl. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> that made me feel warm all over, as you might imagine. That's a uh, mixed kissing, yes. as they uh, call it. <laughs> I'm sure she meant it in the best I'm way sure possible. I'm sure she did, too. I took it in the best way possible. Uh, I would like to say that uh, Solitude Standing is uh, one of my favorite uh, CDs of uh, all time. Thank you. And... Um, uh, I was reading in your bio uh, that you're... I haven't heard uh, the uh, latest CD, Nine Objects of Desire, because I had it here a few days ago. Mm-hmm. I tried to get it out of the shrink-wrapped cellophane that it was in. Yes. I'd uh, just cut my nails, and I was rubbing on it, and I couldn't get it uh, undone. And then the tab they sort of provide, just... Uh, the tab basically... He, he ended up smashing it against the table. Oh. All right, but it... Don't take that in a bad way. Take it as I was so... Yeah, it, was, it was like a bear trying to get to food. You were so eager. I was so eager you to hear... You were so eager to get the there. Inner, the, contents, it, the contents pulverized. The plastic wrap remained intact. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. yeah I, still had to, I still had to burn uh, the uh, shrink wrap to get it open. But what happened was, is you know, they provide a little pull tab on these uh, cassettes, and they do it on... Uh, it's really the music industry that has the most difficulty with the shrink wraps. Between cassettes and CDs... You pull that little rip tab, and it just comes right off, as if you pulled a grenade, a pin out of a grenade or something. And then I started scratching, and I couldn't do it. And then I took my pen, and I tried to rub it to... You try a, a, an emery board. Oh, that's what I need, like a nail file. A nice file. little pointy one, and then you can just stab it through. Or at least a cuticle stick. And what happened was, is I then cracked the plastic jacket on it with the pen. Still, the shrink wrap was intact. So I got frustrated and smashed the whole thing against uh, the side of the console here. Mm-hmm. Getting it open and thinking, all right, well, I'll just get a new, uh, I'll get a new plastic case for it. And uh, the CD had cracked in half, tragically. <laughs> but... I've never heard of that happening. Well, uh, there's not but many I'm men sure who can break a CD. The truth. You have to key eye just right uh, to get it off. But uh, as far as the record folks go, that's just another one sold. So uh, hmm. don't worry. We're all uh, keeping count. Well, I'm sure the guy from A&M can hook you up again. I think he'll hook me up with the one we played sure tonight. He'll hook you up. <laughs> uh, how's the little tour going? I know you guys just started that, it's right? It's going really fantastically well. Why do you love it so much? Um... Part of it is the spirit of it, which is that Sarah McLaughlin had called me last year and invited me through her agent personally to be on this bill that she was putting together last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did some shows with her last year, and I really enjoyed myself, partly because I think it was a very generous offer of her to do that. 
Um, so one reason I'm enjoying it is because of the generosity that I think of the you know her spirit, the way she put it together. And the other thing that I'm really enjoying is the audience, which are huge. They're just fantastically uh, responsive audiences of twenty thousand. We did twenty thousand in Seattle and nine thousand and in Oregon and 25,000 in San Francisco and well so it's a that's pretty it's a pretty good lineup i mean uh, two or three of those acts could fill up those venues uh, well could be not to mention how many acts eight nine there's, ten uh, well there's five on the main stage mm-hmm. and then there's um, two other stages of with three acts each and what is uh, other than it is uh, a bunch of women who who um, make music make music what is there a theme <laughs> women who make music. That's oh, that's thing. it. That's it. Okay, because I'm a celebration of women in music. Okay, I'm and thinking of putting together a guys who masturbate uh, tour next year. Drew, oh, I think yeah, I think you'll have a lot of people to choose from. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be an all-star lineup. <laughs> sure. And believe me, uh, they will not be pushing for uh, front row. It the mosh pit is going to be just that. Okay. So, uh, but there's no uh, there's no charity that's getting any proceeds here. There are many different charities. Actually, every different community that um, the Little Fair goes to gets one dollar of each ticket sold. So, depending on what community you go to, oh. um, you know, there's, there major. are different charities that receive that money. And are they? Uh, woman-oriented charities? Yes, they are. Like um, rape crisis and that sort of stuff? Yeah, exactly. Battered women's shelters and that kind of thing. All right. Drew, do you have anything to add, or are we ready to go? Let's go. All right. Uh, (laughs) All right, shut up. Don't be patronizing. What? I think it's a great idea. Valerie. Yeah. 17. You're on with Suzanne Vega. Hi, I just wanted to let you know that I'm a long-time listener and a first-time caller. All right. Well, I'm done with that, by the way. He's in a bad mood tonight. Just no, I'm not. Hi. I just wanted everyone to say that uh, a few months ago, and now I'm getting yeah, tired of it. Um, anyway, I'm going away to school in the fall, um, and I'm worried about what's going to go on with my boyfriend and I. How long have you been with him? Seven months. And this is, uh, you're going away to college? Yeah. And he's, how far away is college? From him, it's like three and a half hours. And he's staying back in the hometown, or is he younger? Yeah, he's older than I am. He's, he's older. 21. Mm-hmm. What, what's he up to? Um, he's in the military, so he's not able to mm-hmm. come with. Well, it's over. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a common thing, and for people your age, it's it's not necessarily healthy to cling to that relationship. I mean, you're going to be developing a new peer group. You're going to be developing a new sense of yourself and a new social environment. It's really important you have the freedom to interact in a way that uh, whatever presents itself is available to you. If you're tied up both emotionally and from a commitment standpoint with a relationship back home, it makes it very difficult to really evolve. Yeah, I, you really lose a lot of your college experience. Now, if this is the ultimate you know, relationship, which at yeah. 17, I don't know how you know that. Um, how long have you been going out? Seven um, months. Seven months. Yeah. All right. Hey, I know. I already asked that. Didn't I? <laughs> Twice. I'm off to flying start. I know, but I, I kind of I kind of <laughs> said it with the tone of, uh, like I said it before, how long again? <laughs> All right, right. You uh, did it to emphasize what she'd said, I understand. Right, I know good radio. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, where the hell was I? I've got to turn uh, this uh, this way. Yeah, this how long have you been together? All right, this is never going to work. He's in the military. He's going nowhere. You're going off to colleges, uh, or a college, and they're going to fill your head uh, with all sorts of rhetoric. And that rhetoric is going to be, you shouldn't be going out with anyone from the military. <laughs> I'll be as a male, though. It's just a bad timing. And if, if when you're done or if it's the summer comes around or whatever, there's circumstances, maybe. But just just listen to us. Try not to cling to this relationship unless unless 
I, I can't even Man, imagine. Drew, you're worse than I am tonight. Let me talk to Suzanne for a second. We are uh, of the school that if, if you have a relationship at 16 and 17 and try to stretch it out over five years, you may be doing yourself a, a disservice. Mm-hmm. That uh, part of going to college is new experiences and mm-hmm. education, and part of that is uh, meeting new people and uh, perhaps having new relationships. Mm-hmm. And these people get involved in their uh, hometown, and then they break away, and they try to keep it going for a year or two, and it ends up being a year or two wasted, and eventually somebody gets their heart broken anyway. Right. What do you, um, what's your take on that, Suzanne? Well, I think it's good that if you're a teenager that you can allow yourself to have different kinds of experiences. Um, I think you still have to go through what you have to go through anyway. If it takes a year to break up or a year and a half, it's not time wasted. It's time that you, you know, you've learned. Um, you, you have to, you have to have your heart broken at some time. Oh, right? yes. You do. And, and so if it takes a year, if it takes a year and a half... Um, people, loyalties people. are still important, uh, you know. So, so I, I agree with you ultimately. But I, but I think that if it takes a year and a half to do it, then then it, that's well. That's but what people it takes. people go to extraordinary extremes to 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 not feel that loss. Yeah. Whatever they can do not to actually lose it. And Sunshine. Yes. You're 20. Yes, I am. Um, I want to say that you know, Adam. I think you're very cuddly. I think you look very cuddly. Cuddly. Yeah. Thank you. I could tell Suzanne was. He doesn't uh, look cuddly to me. <laughs> <laughs> She's sitting right next <laughs> to him. Hmm. Yes, cuddly. Well, how would you describe this? Oh, I, no, well, he's not well, nice. And he's even shaved nice today. Guy, oh, I did shave. Yeah, That's I can right. Tell. Yes, I didn't dress up for Suzanne. <laughs> no, I'm wearing uh, my seven-dollar Mexican loafers and uh, my old softball shirt. Yeah, but you really, still find me attractive, s- right? Oh, oh, yeah. oh uh, infinitely. <laughs> I know you're the loss for words. Sunny jumped in saying, "Yes, yes, of course." So I Sunshine. For her yes. to calm down, and then I say, yes, of course. Thank you. What's Hi, up? Yes, what, what? I wanted to say to Susan that, you know, I, I love what you're doing with the charities and, you know, more power to the, you know, to women singers. But my comments were actually for Drew. Mm-hmm. Um, about a year ago, I was a victim of a rape. Mm-hmm. And I want to know, you know, it's been a year. I've been through therapy, and I want to know how I can help or prevent other girls from going through what I've been through. Why don't you just talk about it right now? Maybe you'll help okay. somebody not be a victim. All right. Um, it was Memorial Day weekend. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be very fun to go and get plastered with a large group of my friends. Mm-hmm. I drank way too much, way beyond my limit. I'm a little tiny, you know, petite person. I only weigh 95 pounds. So I, you know, drinking eight, you know, eight tall glasses of whatever it was mm-hmm. was a very bad thing. Mm-hmm. So needless to say, I ended up throwing up and blacking out for the night. Mm-hmm. Um, I woke up the next morning undressed. Um, very, you know, messy with a guy sleeping next to me. Mm. So, you know, I didn't confront him at first, but... Was this someone you knew? No. Actually, no, it wasn't. I had probably met him that night, sometime that night, but I don't remember when. Mm-hmm. I, I know his name, but that was about it. Oh, you knew his name, yeah. You know, he was he was much younger than me. I was only 19 at the time. Mm. You know? How, I, old, how old was he? How old was he? He just turned 18. Well, oh, so he was a year younger? Yeah, he was a year younger. Okay. Um, you know, I, I really didn't expect something like this to happen. It just kind of shocked me. I, I spent the entire weekend thinking about it. You know, I was at this party still. I didn't do anything about it, didn't tell anyone until finally I told my friend Jennifer. And she grabbed me by the hair and took me. She called 911. They came over. They picked me up. They picked him up. And from then on, the, you know, there's a police report made and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like to say, thank God, I didn't catch anything from him. I wasn't pregnant. I didn't get AIDS. You know, or anything. Um, Are you sure you had intercourse with him? Yes, um, that was. There was actual signs of intercourse. 
They gave you like a forensics uh, yeah. examination. Yeah, it's, it's called a sex kit. Is what mm-hmm. they told mm-hmm. me. They, you know, sex they had kit. Yeah. yeah, they rented that. It, it must be different. Is <laughs> is what do you do with the sex? Uh, why do they call it a kit? Because it comes with it's a it's a forensic kit with all the things you need to collect the the evidence. Exactly. There's a comb and all kinds of. Do you fun take it? Do you? Uh, is it, you do you use it ER, yourself? No, the ER doc uses it. No, they have they have doctors yeah. there. I've had to do those. You got before. a sex kit? Yeah. I have to keep one in my car if you have one. Uh, me? You want me to get you one? In case I break down on the side of the road. <laughs> all right. You know, it was. It, I think even the exam afterwards was just as violating. Oh yeah. Yeah, it often is very disturbing for people. It was. It was very disturbing. I was. You know, I, I, you know, it sounds like you handled this appropriately, and it doesn't sound like you were t- uh, the typical victim. You, you've never been abused or victimized any other time in your life, have you? No, I don't. I wouldn't recall. What they do to the guy? What they do to him? Um, they gave him like they 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 put him in. I guess they put him in a cell overnight or something. Um, they gave him like a like a like a lie detector test. Apparently, you know. He had, you know, told the truth about everything he remembers, you know, except that um, he did lie about, you know, using a condom with me. He had told me he did when I finally from- confronted him. Eventually, the the policeman who had told me there wasn't a case and I left it be, then they, a few months later they had called me to tell me they wanted me to testify against him in court. And he had the option of either, you know, I guess it's called cop a plea, a plea Right. Sitting county for three months, or he can say not guilty and go to trial. We went to trial. He's sitting in county for he he'll be in jail for the next three years. Wow. This is this is this is I think an important story for men to hear as much as women that that if a woman is intoxicated, she is not able to render consent. That's a that's a law in California. Were you in California at the time? Yes. yes. Yeah, that's a clear law in California, and uh, you know you make you make fun of this. Adam. Oh well, I I say that uh, many of my sexual experiences uh, through high school and uh, young adulthood would be considered um, uh, a, f- a felon. Right. I would you're, be a felon. Would in be fact, a felon. you've got to stop using that as foreplay. Well, I don't use a six-pack as foreplay anymore, but I'm just saying uh, back in the day, the only way uh, I could score is if there was some booze around. Now, I didn't uh, put it in a funnel and ram it down anyone's throat. But but if if a woman is intoxicated, she cannot render consent, and you you end up in jail. I mean, people have to respect This is a little further. She actually passed out, and he probably... We don't know. Oh, we don't know. But but, it's not the usual story of victimization that we hear. This is not the predator and the victim. This is is, uh, a guy that just doesn't understand the law, doesn't understand the social standards. Oh, and this guy's just, uh, he's kicking himself now. Yeah, I'm sure he's happy. Well, all right, Drew, don't be condescending. What I'm saying is... is I've got to kickstart you somehow. This is something that I'm sure uh, many a man, unfortunately, in our society has gotten away with. Yeah. I'm sure he was just doing uh, what uh, half of his buddies have gotten away with at other parties. Yep. And uh, he's uh, got time to think about it, but it's probably a good thing because he was 18 and he can just sit there and think about it. And uh, be a changed man or, or uh, be a lifelong criminal when it comes out, uh, whichever way uh, the system works. Vicki. Hi. Hey, you're 24. Yeah. You're on with Suzanne Vega. Hi. Hi. Um, about 10 months ago, my mom was diagnosed with um, breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And um, she, she went through menopause and she had to take estrogen. Mm-hmm. And I heard that some of the side effects of estrogen could be like uterine cancer and breast cancer. And uterine would... cancer, if you don't take progesterone, certainly. But if you take progesterone, no, not uterine cancer. Okay. It's really not carefully followed. That can be easily um, taken care of if there's any evidence of anything like that. As far as breast cancer goes, there really is not good evidence that estrogen replacement 
it, it causes breast cancer. In fact, if I were a woman, I am absolutely categorically clear that I would take estrogen unless I had some profound risk in my family for breast cancer. That the risk, the risk reduction, the, the protection against heart attacks and stroke is so profound that it vastly overwhelms the potential, and it's only a potential risk we worry about with uh, estrogen and breast cancer. Pardon me you, for jumping in here for a second, but uh, Suzanne, yes, Drew, I, I, will, I, will, I will bet money that Drew knows more about the vagina than the entire Lilith tour <laughs> combined. <laughs> he really does. He could really be uh, the Grand Marshal of the Lilith tour. I, I don't know if he can play an acoustic guitar no. or if he can write or sing, but he certainly, uh, he certainly should be the traveling companion uh, to the group. Nobody knows more about the, the, the functioning of a woman's body than uh, Dr. Drew. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, right. that's very be that's good. Amazing. Thanks. Oh, yes. Um, and if you have any questions, uh, feel free. Now's I'll the time, yeah, of course. Um, so uh, uh, what you do need to concern yourself with, though, is whether or not you are at some special genetic risk. I mean, breast right, cancer can't. She was the first person in our family that ever had it. All right, so that, that, that was another, that's that was good. Another question that's that good. Had. That suggests that you are n may not be at that specific risk. Is there colon cancer in your family? Um, well, one of her uncles did. What is your die. ethnic? What is your ethnic background? Um, we're southern, <laughs> so. No, <you're> ethnic. <laughs> well, I don't southern know what. Your, your heritage. I, I, there's like French and German, there's like a whole bunch. Okay, so it's not really clear that you're in a specific risk category, but obviously you need to do, you need to learn how to check your breasts, you need to do a regular screening, you need to have mammograms every so often, depending on what your gynecologist tells you. And I, I would not sweat it, and I certainly wouldn't begin worrying about what you're going to do when uh, menopause hits. There may be a different form of treatment by the time you hit menopause. All right, Drew. Uh, Sadie. Sadie. Drew, you say it. Sadie? Hi. <laughs> You're 15. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right, I'm going to hang up on you. Wait. All right, well, speak up. Sorry. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, well, I'm... Me and my boyfriend of, like, less than a month today, like, had sex, and I'm thinking that I'm only 15, you know, and he's, like, 17, and mm -hmm. I'm kind of thinking that maybe we shouldn't have because I am all for waiting until you're married, you know? Why did you go ahead and do it? I don't know. It's just... Was he pressuring you? No, he gave me, like, every opportunity to back out. And he was just like, if it's not cool with you, then I'm cool with that. But that, that doesn't mean he didn't pressure you. No. Well, uh, I mean, he, there's pressure and then there's pressure. Uh, why do you think you did it, then, if you're all for uh, waiting until you're married? I don't know. Well... I kind of felt like I'd be letting him down. Mm-hmm. Was it your first time? the thing about yeah. even though he says that he doesn't care, it's like, you know, he kind of does. What do you mean he doesn't care? Oh, he doesn't care that you wouldn't do it? Are you afraid he'll leave you if you weren't having sex with him? I don't know. Are you, what do you think is going to happen with this relationship? Now? Yeah. I don't know. He says it's going to go on forever, but I really don't Forever. No. It's sort of the typical <laughs> fantasy that a 14, 15-year-old would have. Or four weeks, whatever and comes And particularly first. if you uh, choose to have sex with a young man at your age, it is typically with the notion that this is the person I'm going to marry, and almost never is it in fact the case. But no. I'm not thinking that. Good. That's realistic. Yeah. And there's, you know, you may date the guy all the way through high school. It certainly, it certainly happens. And there's uh, many, many a woman has lost her virginity at 15 and uh, maintained her sanity throughout oh, of adulthood. Of course, but, but it creates an intensity of the relationship that, well, that the 15-year-old is not really prepared to handle. Particularly, 
the males are probably less able to handle it, frankly, than the women are. But but it, it is a connection now that is an emotional connection. And thank God it's, it sounds like you're with a guy who at least shares that with you. And it's going to create a relationship that is uh, a lot to deal with at your age. Well, and I don't want him to think that this is like an every week or every well, couple of days thing. Well, <laughs> you better talk to him then. Because, uh, but don't be afraid to talk to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guys will get that impression. Well, I, oh please! Uh, this no, is I why mean, a seventeen-year-old guy gets a girlfriend. Come on! I mean, that's natural in the male's biology. Okay, it's not an impression. It's just that's his instinct. That's a natural. All thing. right, that's worse than an impression. That's right. Yeah, that's it's more powerful. Yeah. yeah. All right, but Sadie, mm-hmm. what, what's going on? You sound kind of frightened. Well, I don't know. It's like him. I don't know. He's all like. He's always telling me how much he cares for me and everything, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know what's... You don't like him that much? Well, I mean, I really like him and everything, you know, but he's more into the relationship than I am. Well, it's interesting you chose to sleep with him, even in that situation. That was kind of you, Sadie. I, I don't think you're real interested in the guy. Well, I am. I mean, I'm serious, just not as serious as he is. Well, that's, then you, you're going to have to find a way to express that to him. And it's okay that you feel that way. That's fine. And just because you slept with a guy doesn't mean you have to commit yourself to him the rest of your life. But it, it has clearly generated some feelings in him that are quite intense. All right. So we initially thought that uh, she was going to be drawn in by yeah. the experience yeah. and uh, that he would be out looking for his next uh, right. young victim. It but as it turns out, uh, he's probably the clinging guy. Yeah. And she's uh, getting tired of him. Yeah. I'm guessing uh, she wasn't everything. Uh, uh, she he wasn't everything she'd expected yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. sexually, and and it never is. Uh, Suzanne, you didn't enjoy yourself uh, the first time you made love, did you? No. No. Drew, did you enjoy yourself? No. Wasn't with Suzanne, was it? No. <laughs> okay, because that's uh, that's a show. <laughs> that would be interesting. All right. Uh, I didn't enjoy myself either. I was just uh, praying that it was over quickly so I could uh, get on the horn and uh, tell my buddies. Oh, yes. Yes, I'm sure. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I set a mark early, and I've, uh, I've uh, uh, strove to, uh, to keep to that pace. No, no, I am a champion of lovemakers, uh, mm-hmm. Suzanne. I, I would, uh, I'd love to go through the, uh, the dressing room of that Lilith tour. Many, many beautiful women. And They're separate dressing rooms. Oh, they are. Yeah. And do what? Well, here's yeah, and do what? <laughs> just shake my ass, what, you know. Yeah. I, I figure they go to Georgia the Jungle of promotion. I'm figuring tour. after a few months on the tour, you women have to be so hard up for uh, for the, for a man. I, I mean, don't think so. I mean, a lot well, of the women. Uh, Sarah has her husband on the tour. Oh, he plays oh. he plays the drums in her band. Oh, oh, oh I didn't I didn't know guys there was, all over the place. I didn't it's know like with guys. I, I hate to tell you this. I didn't know guys in the audience. Guys backstage. All right, you're ruining it for me now. I thought it was like a like a team of nurses and harem harem. That's what you have in your mind. Yeah. It's not quite like that. <laughs> well, let me say this, and um, uh, uh, take this as a compliment, please. The the women of the Lilith tour are all uh, very attractive women. Uh, usually, in, in, in the old days, uh, folk-singing women were not uh, the most attractive of women. Oh. Oh, please, it's true. Joni Mitchell? Well, all right, Joni, come on. That, right. that jaw, she could uh, crush a yak's femur <laughs> with that thing. And then there's, uh, you know, uh, Mama Cass and... Uh, uh, I don't know what Joan Baez looks like. I can't remember if she's attractive or not. But the point is, is everyone on tour now is a hottie, right? I think we look pretty good. Okay. I, mean, I think we try. All right. Stop being so uh, confident and uh, secure. <laughs>
All right, Drew, you make your phone call. And when we come back, uh, we'll uh, hear a little something from uh, Suzanne Vega all after this. I don't think they're aware of how much they suck. Hey, that's not very nice. You kiss my mother with that mouth. I mean, your mother. That line will be right back. When you're ready to buy a car, you got to go True Car because True Car is changing car buying forever. Yes, True Car helps car buyers get rid of the fear that they might overpay. Everyday True Car users receive negotiation free guaranteed savings, and True Car users save an average of $3,221 off of MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three easy steps. Dr. Drew? First, download the True Car mobile app or go to TrueCar.com to find out what others paid for the car you want. Then, second, register to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. Yes. And third, third it's simple. Take your guaranteed savings certificate to the True Car certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Some features not available in all states with True Car. You can save time, save money, and never, ever overpay. To see how much you can save on the car you want, simply download the True Car mobile app or visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. Hey, Loveline listeners, you get to bathe in her wisdom every week on this show. But did you know that you could soak up even more of her magic in her very own podcast every week? Yes! Topics include waiting for sex, orgasms, hand jobs, and a few others. Sex with Emily. Now that sounds like a good idea, doesn't it? What kind of psychosis is that? Listening to the podcast, I mean. Yeah, that. I'm okay with that because I'm open. Go to podcastone.com now and get in line. Woo! Oh, so good. That's podcastone.com. you hear in the background is not Suzanne Vega, but she is here tonight, and we will uh, hear something uh, off of her latest CD, Nine Objects of Desire, as well as uh, maybe uh, maybe an older song, too. Maybe Tom's Diner, maybe the uh, rap version of that. We'll see if we can uh, find it in the uh, fabulous Loveline Arcave, uh, archives. <laughs> Freudian slip. Uh, I'm Adam Kroll. That is uh, Dr. Drew, the board certified one. The phone number... 1-800-LOVE-191, fax number 310-854-4455. Suzanne is on the Lilith tour, along with uh, Cheryl Crow and uh, Fiona Apple and Joan Osborne and um, Tracy Chapman. And uh, and I like Tracy Chapman, but uh, that Give Me One Reason uh, song, not the song of the year by any stretch of the imagination. Right, you're looking at me like I, uh, oh, please. Like I uh, initiated oh, the thing. What the hell is wrong with the industry? That song... <laughs> That song, uh, you don't know what I'm talking about, Drew. Correct. You don't know Tracy Chapman. That is almost right. Uh, you know Tracy Chapman. She's that uh, Jewish uh, folk singer. You know her. Tracy Chapman, she's a comedian from uh, uh, okay. England. Drew has no idea who Tracy uh. Chapman is. And uh, has some great songs, and uh, I'm sure is a fabulous performer. But that, uh, give me one Simpsons reason, uh, song. Show. All right. Shut his mic off, Engineer Mike. Thank you. Oh, that song is... Uh, just incredibly mediocre, and, and it won, like, Song of the Year at the uh, Grammys, which is, uh, I think that was all the Grammy idiots sitting around thinking, uh, what song should we like? And I think that one sounds like one you should like. You with me on that, Suzanne? Well, you know, um... But you've, you've crapped, <laughs> you've crapped songs better than that, haven't you? I mean, doesn't that kind of piss you off a little bit? 
Yeah, seriously. Um, <clears throat> well, you know, you know you it's not really up to me right now, I think, to be... First of all, I'm not objective. You know, I don't even feel like I can pretend to be. Objective. I can be objective for you. Well, I know that you can, so... Um, I mean, it wasn't my favorite Tracy Chapman no. song, we can put it that way. It certainly wasn't Song of the Year material. You know, I didn't even watch the Grammy. Okay. I was out of the country. Well, I think you won a, might have won Alma the Year. You didn't watch. <laughs> they had, I don't think so. An Indian came up and took your award <laughs> and then just took off. Well, he gambled it away somewhere. It's a nice thought. Uh, all right. Yeah. All right, hold on, hold on. But, but can everyone hear Producer Ann, or is it no, just me? No. Hey, Producer Ann, don't talk to me right when I'm about to talk, because it uh, confuses the hell out You're of me. You're always about to talk, though. All right. Mm. <laughs> I can always imagine what this show sounds like. Who's laughing back there? Your oh, it is? Joanne? Yes. All right, hold on. Uh, let me talk to Producer Ann for a second. Let Drew, let, <laughs> live in Drew's mic up, but not too much. And uh, we'll play the song right after we talk to uh, Joanne. And uh, do we have the Tom's Diner uh, rap one? No. no, we just have Tom's Diner. All right, so yes. we'll, let's hear the let's hear uh, Caramel first off the new album, and then we'll uh, play uh, Oldie but a Goodie. All right, Joanne, is that all right with you, Suzanne? It's fine with me. Joanne, it's fine with me too. Okay, <laughs> you're, you're 37, that's not what we needed, but uh, I'm, we're glad we're uh, all on the same page here. Go ahead. Joanne? Yes? Hold on a second. What is up with the callers tonight? I want to kick them all like jukeboxes that are skipping. I don't know. Is it just me? We had weird calls last night, too, but different weird. Tonight it's a different kind of weird. No, it, partly you. Partly you. Uh, I'm horrible. Uh, you're no, mediocre. You're horrible. No, you're I really horrible. am. You're just not, you're not, uh, it's a weird energy night. All right. Well, I can't get it going if the callers uh, won't won't answer me. Joanne, I will answer you anytime you want me to. All right. What's your question? I really didn't have a question, but as I was holding, I thought of one. Um, should I be concerned? I have a 12-year-old daughter, and she has some 14-year-old friends, and the two of the 14-year-old friends have been um, vocalizing a lot of lesbianism-type things. They got married at school in a little ceremony and, and just have been having fun with it. And I feel like it's lighthearted and I shouldn't be worried about it, but I don't want to be um, in the dark either. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're worried about their influence on uh, your your daughter? Uh, on my perfect child, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you mean they had a, uh, like a little mock ceremony at school? Was it was it just screwing around during lunch? Exactly. exactly. Well, and what do you mean by lesbian? You mean, well, give us an example of what they've said. Uh, two oh. girls got married, and they like to walk around holding hands and kissing. And Well, I mean, they, these are 14-year-olds. Have they said anything to lead you to believe that this is a sexu sexualized relationships? Uh, you, you know, know what I'm saying? It's I mean, it could hard be to hard hear you. I, it's hard to fear me because Adam will, thank you. Okay. <laughs> Boy, I really like it when. Uh, nice. Why do you listen to him? <laughs> Why do you listen to a word he says? You do my bidding for me and uh, quiet down. Go ahead. You're lucky your mic's on, Drew. I'll make it fast. <sighs> that that uh, you know, 14 year olds can have very intimate relationships without having them sexualized. They can be they can be just relationships. It could be the the last uh, vestige of of their their intimacy, their their uh, innocency. In fact. Okay. I. I you know, I just, I needed that feedback, and I wasn't... Well, sure. we don't know. We need, we need a lot more information about who the girls are, what their situation, where they come from, what they're all about. Uh, I mean, 
You know, there's they could a also be playing with romance, you know, and they could be burgeoning lesbians. I mean, this may be the beginning of their lesbian orientation. We don't know. But uh, what I think what Suzanne was saying is sometimes you want to experience romance, and women, at much like playing dress up, will also play romance on whoever whoever's closest. Fourteen's uh, a little old to be doing that. That's Isn't true. It? It's more like about nine, ten, eleven. It uh, depends on how far you take it, I think. That's right. Yeah. I agree. And, uh, and again, we'd need a lot Holding more... Holding hands is one thing. Kissing is another thing, I, I think. And it's, uh, you know, if, if they came from these horribly abusive backgrounds where, you know, where they're con- apt to be confused about their sexual orientation, we'd say, gee, maybe they're just confused. Yeah. Well, I don't know one of the children well enough to... I just know she, ha- she does have a... A bad background with a mom who's not raising them because of drug usage. Oh, uh, so you've got you've got a reason to be at least concerned that that there's going to be some acting out of well, one type or another. And here's what I would expect as a parent uh, these days. Um, when, like, well, I'll take my sister. She's uh, 34. When she was growing up. Um, lesbianism was uh, just something you you barely heard about. I mean, it wasn't really uh, in vogue at all. Right. I mean, there was there was none of this uh, experimentation going on. I mean, there was, but it wasn't something that was portrayed uh, on television and the media and that sort of thing. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but when you're 12 years old, 13, 14, and uh, you see advertisements on TV for anything, you're 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 liable to think about it. And when you when you see uh, a, a billboard or whatever, you're liable to think about it. And when you see this being portrayed, you're you're liable to think about it. Well, that's true. We were at the Lilith Fair last night, actually. Right. And it was wonderful. And the crowd was wonderful. Were there a lot of lesbians in the crowd? There were. There were, and they were. They were wonderful too. There was a lot of. There's a lot of men in the crowd. I'm there right. was a lot of wonderful. At least, men at least a third of the audience is men. One really? Yeah. Wonderful yeah. men. If not more, yeah. I'm sure they're good sure guys. They're all wonderful men. Because <laughs> <laughs> if they got in the line, one. they get their ass kicked right there. <laughs> well, that, that is not the time to yell like, uh, "Show us your your jugs or <laughs> right. something," and uh, hoist a beer <laughs> over your head. You're going to be converged upon and get the crap kicked out of you. Well, it was a beautiful night. The performance was awesome, and the crowd was. Just very, very lovely. Right. I, I was working security, so I had to um, to be in the in the crowd up in the lawn, and I didn't have any problems. All right, you sh- coming back home in that uh, yellow uh, windbreaker is going to turn your kid into a lesbian much faster than her fourteen-year-old friends. Well, are you blue, Adam? But um, uh, okay, with the yellow stenciling. But actually, the the three girls were with me. I took my daughter and two of her friends. All right. Well, l- listen. Here's the deal, Joanne. Uh, there's nothing. There's nothing uh, that can pre- prevent your child from becoming a lesbian. <laughs> and there's uh, all you. You sound like a concerned parent who's on top of the game. And yeah, that's all. That's all you. Don't do. be afraid to be the parent. Though. Yeah, and it's not the end of the world if she is a lesbian anyway. But I'm just saying. Uh, I don't mean to say it that way. I'm just saying. Uh, when we have parents call up who seem to care about their kids, I never worry about their kids, because by virtue of the fact. A 37-year-old woman is calling up and asking questions about her 12-year-old and is concerned, I know the kid's going to be all right. Mm -hmm. Or she wouldn't be calling. Mm -hmm. She's that kind of person. Am I right, Drew? Yeah. Okay, good enough. (laughs) (laughs) All right, now I said we're going to play a song from uh, Suzanne Vega, and we're uh, out of time, so we'll play it uh, coming out of uh, this next break. I don't go in for these backdoor shenanigans. Shenanigans. Sex, drugs, rock and roll. Shenanigans.
Hey, this is Greg Fitzsimmons, host of Fitz Dog Radio, right here on Podcast One. Join me, track my rage against middle age, the exploration of what's behind the scenes in Hollywood with guests like John Hamm, Zach Galifianakis, Jimmy Kimmel, Corolla, Hardwick, Rogan, Sarah Silverman, all the big guns. We talk personally in a funny way. Come check it out. Fitzdog Radio on Podcast One. Yes, it is the love line. I'm Adam Corolla. That is Dr. Drew. She is Suzanne Vega here uh, representing the Lilith Door. Well, um, she played today at... Uh, is it Irvine Meadows, did I say it was? Yeah. And then uh, you're off the tour. Well, I'm off the tour on Friday, but I still go to Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're just doing a pretty short leg of it, I guess. Well, I'm doing five, and it's about average. Um, I think Paul, I think uh, Sarah McLaughlin is the only one who's doing the entire tour. And what does uh, Lilith stand for? Well, that's something that if you ever speak to Sarah McLaughlin, you should ask her, because uh, Lilith stands for a legend. Um, she was supposedly the first woman created before Eve, and for some reason, you know, I am mm. I was raised a Buddhist, so I am not up on the Christian mythology. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> so, uh, you know, people ask me, what does Lilith mean to you? And I'm afraid, well, she me- it uh, means the, you know, she's the, Do I guess she was sort of Adam's wife before Eve. And Buddhism was the cro- was, closest uh, thing Adam had to a religion. What? Excuse me? Buddhism. It was? was Adam? It? This uh, oh, this Adam. Oh. Uh, not Adam and Eve. <laughs> I, I don't know who you're talking about <laughs> either. I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, oh, you went over my head on that one. Namyo Renge Kyo? Well, that's what I was raised with, actually. And uh, did you chant for your first guitar? I chanted for my first record deal. Oh, really? I chanted to have clear skin, to lose weight, and to get a record deal. <laughs> well, it all worked, now, didn't it? Well, it did, actually. See if you can chant. Um, I, my ass has a ton of hair on it, and I don't know if this I is going to offend Buddha. I can't chant for you, Buddha. my friend. Oh, couldn't you? <laughs> no, you have to chant for yourself. You have to change uh, your own. Uh, I got to. I got to stop doing what I'm doing. Destiny. I, uh, this Buddhism is the greatest religion destiny. ever because it's a bunch of people who are into uh, the environment, into uh, peace. S- peace, and uh, basically, it's a very tranquil religion, whereas many other religions are about, uh, listen boys, uh, there's some other guy with another religion, he's coming up the road, so sharpen your swords, we're going to put a whooping on him, uh, in the name of, uh, who we into this week, uh, yes, uh, we'll get him, but all this Allah and, and, and Jesus and all this, this, uh, nonsense, mm-hmm. uh, this is a lot of people just killing people in the name of, uh, the person they dreamt up, mm. Buddhism is great because, uh, you want something, you sit down, you chant on it, and you just chant. And you keep going, num yo range kyo, clear skin or whatever you. Well, not into a microphone, but it's the general idea. Right. Well, I can chant for the country by doing it in the microphone. Now, mm, doesn't I work that way. My problem with Buddhism, I had the little uh, cardboard gohanzit. Mm-hmm. That's a little shrine where you put the apple and and all that stuff, and everything was fine except for I was too lazy to chant. And I figured later on, you know, now in my career where I'm making a little more money, I was going to hire some guys to chant. Uh, it doesn't work that way. You can't, it's like, you can't, you know, you have to take your own baths, for example. You can't have some You must it. have done this. <laughs> for you, right? <laughs> you must have done this because of a woman. Uh, that, go, uh, that made you go. Yeah, Jung Hee Lee. All right. Jung Hee was into me in a big way. And uh, I was, uh, you know, 20, 21. Uh, I had lost my, my spiritual way. And Jung Hee was this uh, little... Uh, Korean woman uh, just uh, it took me to. <laughs> I 
<laughs> Jung Hee was the greatest woman ever. She's mm. now a uh, orthodontist or something. But uh, sh she had a big crush on uh, on me. She was about four foot tall, and uh, just a uh, you know look, looked like a little China doll, and was always. Oh, Adam, come out to the Buddhism, and we're going to chant. And I was like, uh, all right. And I just sit there, nom, yo, renge, kyo, and I was I'm thinking well, about stuff to get. You accrued some kind of fortune in your life. Well, sure, look at me. Well, there you are. Right. I'm just, uh, I, I just thought it would be nice to have people chant for me now because of my busy schedule, and I, I guess uh, you're saying it's not going to work. It doesn't work that way. But it, it's a great religion in the sense that, all kidding aside, if you want something, whatever it is, uh, a better job, a clear skin, uh, lose some weight, whatever, whatever it is, and, and, and uh, believe me, the Buddhists, uh, go ahead and uh, chant for a, a golden Elvis uh, swizzle sticks. I don't care. Just chant. If you focus all your energy on something and you sit down a half hour, 45 minutes a day, and you, you dim the light and you unplug the phone and you focus your energy on something, it's going to happen. Now, I don't think it's because Buddha makes it happen, but it's that you take that time for yourself and you focus on, on your goals. I don't know if you believe Buddha's in there or not, or uh, if he has a hand in it, but uh, from my sort of um, atheist standpoint, I mm -hmm. think it's just you focusing on what you want to achieve. Well, um... I hear somebody else talking. Oh, Nam Yo Ho Renge Kyo. There's been a correction from the uh, from the uh, peanut gallery over there. <laughs> okay. Are you chanting? Um, are you chanting on a daily basis uh, these days? Actually, I, I have not been chanting on a daily basis. Mm. Um, I still maintain my altar, and uh, but I, I chant when I need to, and I chant when I want to. What's and the last the, thing? It's you? the religious. It's the religion that I was raised with, so it tends to be the one that I fall back on when I. What's well, the last thing you chanted for? Uh, a couple of airline flights. <laughs> like kind of bumpy landing. An amp or something? Uh, no, oh, no, no. I was like, you know, I, and I chanted all the way through the birth of my daughter. Oh, really? Um, yeah, because um, that was pretty... Uh, it was a pretty intense experience. And I was reading your bio and you said... It Actually, said there's the bio a song about it on my new album called Birthday, um, if we ever get around to... If you ever get that album, if you ever stop talking long enough, Adam, we can hear her music. All right. Well, I was interested in the whole Buddhism thing. I didn't mean to be like crass and go like, but I, but I did want to say that there is a song on my album about that, the whole experience. Well, we're going to hear Caramel, right? Yeah, and Caramel is a completely different kind of song. All right. What's this have to do with Caramel? Caramel is a very, it's a song about desire. It's a song about longing for something that, you know, you really shouldn't have, and that you. You have to restrain yourself from taking, basically. And so uh, women think of it as a sad song because it seems to be a song about denial, and men seem to really like this song, actually. Oh, really? All right. Uh, we are going to hear it off of uh, Nine Objects of Desire, Suzanne Vega in Caramel.
yes, draw off the phone. The haunting song stylings of Suzanne <laughs> Vega. <coughs> I really like Suzanne Vega. Oh, thanks. I mean the music. Oh, thanks. Uh, as a person, you seem decent too. But oh, thank you, know, you very I, much. I don't know you that well. Mm. But uh, I, I really like you as a uh, artist. And that, uh, as Suzanne was telling me right before we came out of that, uh, was in uh, The Truth About Cats and Dogs, which is uh, something I wanted to ask uh, Suzanne about. You did that. You did uh, Dead Man Walking, mm-hmm. or at least contributed uh, songs to the um, soundtrack, to yeah. soundtracks. Is that something you want to stay with? Yeah, I like working on uh, film soundtracks when I get the chance to. Have you done any um, solo? What do you mean, done any solo? Well, what I mean is you've mean contributed like, songs to movie soundtracks, but what do you think about like scoring a soundtrack? No, nah, no, that's not something I like. I like writing one song for a specific scene or one song for a character, but I'm not interested in scoring a whole Did movie. You wrote that song for that scene? No, I didn't actually, but I had it already, and they sent me the movie, and I remember that particular scene where Uma Thurman is being fed cake by this photographer, and she's falling in love with him against her will, and... Uh, she's trying to say no, no, but her eyes are saying yes, yes, and then uh, I thought, wow, that's a really great spot in that movie, and um, so I remember thinking, I wish I had a song to put there, and then I realized that I did, and that was Caramel. And that is off of Nine Objects of Desire, and yes, uh, here's the uh, the facts, Nam Yo Ho Renge Kyo, not uh, Nam Yo Renge Kyo, which is the abridged, uh, you know, teenagers have no attention span, so I shorten it up. Uh, for radio, but it is num yo ho renge kyo, and it says uh, this is a fax from uh, Selena, and it says at the bottom, P.S. Maybe that's why it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> Buddha's confused. It's not so much that he's angry, but he's confused. And you know what was really funny is uh, during the song, Drew was saying, I was saying to Drew uh, when Ann brought in this fax, uh, gee, it is num yo ho renge kyo. Don't I say that, Drew? And Drew goes, no, I don't think you say it. And I said, well, gee, that's how I used to say it. And Drew goes, I've never heard yo-ho. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he, was, uh, he was very stern about it, so I had to believe him. Just uh, funny when you hear Drew uh, get PO'd about the no yo-ho. All right. All so num yo renge kyo is uh, the new chant for Buddhists on the go. Shorthand. <laughs> All right. We'll be back with uh, Suzanne Vega and uh, her Buddhist beliefs after this. I began to float up and away from my body. Uh, lady, you better get back float. here. If you're not here when Love Line float. returns, they're going to be... Float. Hey, Dr. Drew. Yeah, Mike. I pretty much, uh, look, I never bought anything online in my life until I met my wife. Oh, and, seriously? Uh, now all I do is go to Amazon. Uh, yeah, I buy pretty much everything on Amazon. And if you want to support somebody that has an affiliate relationship with, with Amazon, you go to their website, you click through the Amazon banner, and at zero cost to you, Amazon shares some of the purchase price with the affiliate. Why are for- you being so nice about it and saying somebody with an affiliate relationship? You're right, Mike. I should be more specific. Forget an affiliate, some vague affiliate. Let's go to Podcast One where you can find the Loveline podcast, the Loveline page. Bookmark that page and just click through on the Amazon banner located at the top of the homepage. You can even use the Amazon banner if you're in Canada or the UK. It makes it easy for all future purchases. Again, it is podcastone.com. Click on the Keep It Free banner to support Amazon and all the wonderful sponsors that make the show possible.
listening to Loveline with uh, Adam Carolla, Dr. Drew, and tonight's guest, Suzanne Vega, and we will be back in 10 seconds. This is Loveline on Radio Station. More Loveline. Uh, phone number 1-800-LOVE-191. Suzanne Vega is our guest tonight. She is here representing the Lilith Tour, which she uh, played at today in Irvine uh, Meadows. And we actually, we had a band, uh, Real Big Fish, on here last Thursday that had played the Warp Tour. And it's kind of funny uh, to think that, well, I'm sure it's wrapping up now, but these tours uh, these days have so many acts on them that Mm -hmm. an act can play at uh, 3, 4, 5 in the afternoon, then come over here and be on our show, and there's still a show going on. Yeah, I'm sure people are in the parking lot driving uh, home from Irvine, uh, listening I I, I to the it show tonight now. on the show, and then I realized well, a lot of the people who are going to be there probably wouldn't be able to hear the show because they were still probably going to be there. Who is uh, is uh, Sarah McLaughlin? Uh, is she headlining? As she's it were, headlining. she'll be on. She'll she's on right now probably. Well, it's her damn tour. That's right. Uh, I don't. <laughs> it, it's her party. Would would you say uh, right now that then I don't want to corner you, but uh, would you say that Cheryl Crow is maybe the biggest um, act in the tour right now, in terms of um, uh, in terms records of record sold sales? in the last you know two years or something? I don't really know. I don't know if it's Cheryl Crow. I don't know if it's Jewel. Well, that's true. Uh, Jewel is on this bill. Tracy Chapman has certainly sold millions and millions of records and. In her career, I'm not sure what her last album sold. And but then I, you know, I don't work for Billboard. I don't. Uh, <laughs> you don't care. I don't. Uh, I, well, I care, but I don't. I don't read it religiously. What's What's your normal day like, Suzanne? Well, let's see. I've got a three-year-old daughter, so the other day, for example, I get up at about seven when she wants to get up, and I see if she wants a bottle of milk, and see if she wants to get out of her crib, or does she want to drink it in her crib? If she wants to get out, I take her out. I take her into the front room, and we sort of play around and I make her breakfast and um, then the nanny comes at 10 o'clock then I get a shower then uh, I do 98 million things from uh, you know 12 o'clock till 6 and this is not when I'm on tour and you you said uh, in your bio that your voice changed when you had a child yeah well my husband says so and I believe what he says and um, my rib cage expanded while I was pregnant does that always happen Drew sure Oh, it does. Yeah. I, it was so strange. I would never have expected that to happen. But, of course, it makes all the sense in the world because there's somebody living in your rib cage, you, you know, you right, right you under there. exchange more uh, and, uh, gases. Oh, really? Well, you know, this is actually... This I is just a, thought it was because she was so big. There's a hormone that's been, po- been called relaxin that relaxes all, all right. the, the ligaments and cartilage and the, the things that expand over the place. My rib cage is about two inches bigger than it used to be. And it doesn't go back. No, it doesn't go back. So if you had and triplets... I've, I've lost some weight, but it still haven't, hasn't gone back. Drew, you, your wife had triplets. Yes. Is her rib cage oh six inches larger than it used to be? You have difficulty conversing with her ever since. What? <laughs> 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 Something got bigger on her, but I, I, it certainly wasn't her brain. <laughs> oh, is that what it was? Stop it. All right, all right, all right. Nice. She's a beautiful woman. She's a lovely woman. Uh, yeah, he actually said the reason he abuses her so much is that he loves her. Yeah. You did say that. I heard him say You did it. say it, because we were you talking about it. it. Yes, you did. Because I was well, complaining yeah. about the way he abuses her. You can't abuse... Like, if someone is, let's say, truly overweight, you can't say, Hey, lard ass, get in here. That's cruel. That is cruel. 
But if there's a friend of yours who uh, is in, you know, pretty good shape, but let's just say put on five pounds because he yeah. was on a Mexican vacation, you can call him or her lard ass, and uh, no offense yeah, taken. Right. So I'm allowed. You're allowed to abuse uh, those you love. Right. And you're scared to be mean to those you really loathe because you think they're going to see what's really lurking inside you. Right, right. Am I right? Yeah. yeah. Unless it's on the road, <laughs> and then uh, all bets are off. Michelle. Hello, how are you? You're 32. Hi. And by the way, just to follow up to your voice changing after you had a uh, child, mm-hmm. we had uh, Fred Schneider on here from the B-52s a few months back. He said his voice changed after his first child as well. All right. So, hi, how are you? Good. You know, actually, in terms of Lilith, I found a, a little uh, sentence about it in my history book. Could I read it? Go ahead. Lilith refused to be subservient, left Adam, and took vengeance by menacing children and infants. By doing what to children? Where was this? Children and infants. Menacing? Now, obviously, I think the spirit of Lilith is not in the second half of the description, which where, was where she takes vengeance been? and where, where was menaces this? children. This is in the Bible. Yeah, the Hebrews created a legendary figure. It's a legend. She, it's, it's a legend. It's, it's a legend. It's not though. in the Bible. Yeah. Anyway, just so it's kind of it's very feminist. And very so she was like the but first. She did refuse to be subservient. She was the she first lesbian. Lilith, I think, would be the first. Uh, would I don't, be the best it, way does to it say that she's a lesbian? Were I'm, there other women around? At I'm that reading point for between her to be the lines with? here because it's not a lesbian fair. Oh, it is. Okay. Well, I'm married to. That my was a Michigan thing. Oh, <laughs> something else. Tom Hayden. Yeah. Sarah McLaughlin is married. Well, to actually, her none of those uh, women are, are lesbian on the tour, are they? Uh, you know, I wouldn't maybe really Tracy know. Chapman. I don't know. Okay, we won't push. Uh, Michelle. Yes. What else do you want? Um, let's see. I guess I got a question about antidepressants. Mm-hmm. I've been dealing with, I don't know, depression, anxiety kind of uh, issues for years. And I've been on antidepressants on and off for about six years. And um, I guess I'm concerned about their efficacy and, and like, side effects. Because I'm having trouble again with, like, just anxious kind of hard feelings coming back. Well, I mean, they're remarkably effective in terms of improving symptoms okay yeah um no one knows for sure whether there are going to be any long-term consequences of these drugs the serotonin reuptake drugs which zoloft is a is a very common drug in that class uh are are widely used medication in this country and typically uh they doctors are trained to use them for six months after symptoms subside and try to discontinue them. But these days they're heading more towards longer-term therapy, and a lot of people get put on them for long periods of time. Now, whether or not we're going to create some kind of alteration in the biology that makes people dependent on these drugs, or whether or not some unforeseen thing is going to develop, no evidence of that as of yet. Um, I always worry about the use of antidepressants without some other kinds of psychotherapy to try to get at whatever it is that's uh, dynamically going on. Suzanne, do you ever have uh, anxiety about going out in front of 20,000 people? I've had anxiety about it, yeah. Yeah. Did you take anything? No. Just got over it? Well, you just go out there. I mean, that's what you're there for. So you just walk right out there, and you look at everybody, and you do your job, and eventually it goes away. You know, I need I mean, some, at one time yeah. I took, I had medication for a heart murmur. Oh, really? Um, yeah, and that was, I took uh, Inderol, which and is... That'll block of, your stage fright, too. And it did, and unfortunately, I've also found that it blocked any stage excitement. So you could just stroll out there and start singing, but it didn't really give you an edge. It didn't give you, you know, it, uh, I prefer not taking it. I think Drew's on that. As Drew will come out here in front of a, a huge national audience on a nightly basis and go, 
Uh, oh, uh, hold on. Let me go out to the car. You know, in the middle of the show, <laughs> and then he'll come back, and then he'll get on his cell phone and start chatting it up with the hospital, and then his pager will go off, and he'll look at it, and he'll just get up and walk away, and then he'll do his uh, like right in the middle of a call. Uh, uh, Lisa, can we get some more coffee and more, more coffee, please? Thank you. More tea, please. <laughs> Drew, Drew doesn't really have any concept. He's on the radio. It, it, Are it, you it. on this enderall? No, but no, uh, I do. Kind I think of you're smoking it. I sometimes feel like I'm just in this room talking here to you guys. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, I don't. I, don't the call I need anxiety in my life. I have no anxiety. Uh, you know what I have? I have everything. Things aren't um, angst producing for me. Everything is a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Is is the way I work? Like I look at like if I have to go out. That's and your do de- something, that's your defense against. Is that anxiety? what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would be anxious if I would get over that. If you would get off your butt and engage, yes. Huh. I never really thought of it that way. Whereas, like, like, let's say if most if someone had a court appearance, they mm-hmm. they might be anxious. They have mm-hmm. to get up in front of the judge and plead their case. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be anxious. I would be like, oh Christ, I got to go out and do this, and it's a pain in the ass. It, it's a way of denying that you have to go and assuming that you. It, but I bet as a kid you kind of slipped you... out from these things and didn't do them. Oh. You may be right. Listen, I didn't get where I'm not today by uh, doing things, Drew. You don't, you don't get out of high school as a ceramics major and go right into the lucrative world of carpet cleaning by turning in term papers and taking mean. care of business. Yes. But All I right. think you also have humor. Oh, you, that's true. in particular, have Oh, you, you think I'm funnier than Drew? <laughs> <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> Which is, you know. There's a compliment. A form of defense that's, as well, uh, but I, I think it's a good one. Uh, Yakov Smirnoff is funnier than Drew. And, uh, all right. Uh, N- Nicole. Hi. 14. Hi. Um, well, I had a question, but first I was kind of curious. Alanis Morissette, you know, she's a, a strong woman figure in the music industry why wasn't she included on this tour she sold plenty of everything oh yeah she certainly did i don't know who sarah mclaughlin had invited uh-huh. and who turned it down my guess is that she may have invited alanis morissette and that alanis morissette's been touring um, oh. probably for the last two years um and that she probably wanted to take some time off that would i was be just kind of wondering mm-hmm. but Here's my question. Um, now, this this goes along with the same question when I get email that says, uh, "Why don't you guys ever have you two on the show?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, "Oh, those drunken bastards! Are you kidding? We're only going for the big draws here." Uh, <laughs> we thought of it. Don't worry. She's waiting patiently for. Sorry, him to Nicole. Stop. Go ahead. I'm stopped. Um, well, I kind of have this problem. I don't really trust anyone um, at all. You know, I have no no one person that I, I tell everything to. No one really actually, you know, knows me. And it's kind of because, um, I guess when I was younger, my mom was my dad. And that kind of, she, it's just, it's still kind of controversy to say, but... How old were you when that happened? I was five. And yeah, my I dad mean, moved out on his own. Look, he got into drugs for a while. Yeah. Okay. So there's there already already a lot of other stuff going on. I mean, yeah. The, and um, I mean, it, it, for a young child to experience that sort of loss and chaos, it, it was and natural it, and I, enough that then it becomes very difficult for you to make connections, trusting connections with and, other people. You know, I, I always kind of trusted her to be there, but then when she left, you know, I I depended on my dad more, and then my dad moved and. He was kind of in a depression. He got kind of suicidal. He was on drugs for a while. And he's not anymore. Things are better now. But, you know, for about, I would say, a good solid three to four years, he was into this. And Where's your mom now? 
um, I, I visit I visit her still every summer, and my dad has custody of me. And um, but I have was left in charge of my two uh, younger sisters at the age of about nine, eight, nine years old. And that kind of you know I never really had a childhood. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ne- never did. And um, but uh, in doing that, I think because I kind of lost the trust of a young age. Now I trust no one. You know, I, I'll talk to people and say, oh, you know, you know, I'm not like a quiet person who sits around and talk to anyone, but it, it kind of bothers me that no one, there's no one I really trust. Do you have friends? I can confide in. Nicole? I, I do. I have two good friends, but still, they're like the, the closest to me, but they're still not even, they don't really even know half the things I've been through in my life. Right. Well, these things take time. I mean, you've been through a lot. You're only 14 years old, and it's going to take you a, a, a little time, a little searching, maybe a little therapy to uh, come to grips with a lot of this stuff, and then you'll get comfortable, and then you'll share. Until then, it's going to be difficult having real uh, intimate relationships yeah. with kind of, people. It kind of bothers my parents, though, because they think that I put up a wall, and I do. That's right. I honestly do. Well, that's right. right. With, with good reason. Kick with dad in the nuts next time it bothers him. That's right. I mean, <laughs> what well, do you think? Hey, dad, if you weren't a drug addict who was suicidal, maybe you, I wouldn't have this wall. You really miss some fundamental um, developmental um, uh, yards, uh, landmarks. You, you didn't get to go through them. You, you, had, you were struggling with survival and dealing with some very heavy losses that uh, were very unfortunate at a very delicate time of development. It takes a lot to get over that, a lot. And I agree with Adam, maybe some, some professional help would help you. Well, and I think the important thing is, and, and this is for all 14- and 15-year-olds who are listening, don't question yourself so much at such an early age, especially if you've been through so much. I mean, uh, every 15-year-old is confused, even the ones that uh, come from the perfect environment. Are, uh, or I don't even know if that exists anymore, but they're confused as well. If it's not one thing, it's another. It, Nicole had a lot of stuff going on. Right. Nicole is going to be confused, and Nicole sounds incredibly sane for right. what she's been Absolutely, through. and if she could find someone that, who she could trust and confide in, some of this will get better. But, of course, what will she choose? She will some, choose somebody who's kind of abusive and not trustworthy. Choose to trust that person. That person will violate her trust, and she'll go, see, everybody's not trustworthy. I'm going to build that wall even tighter. Right. She'll put all her stock into the uh, 27-year-old uh, guy who's missing uh, three teeth and uh, distributing marijuana at the junior high school. Selling uh, selling pot out of a van yeah. in front of the junior high, and right. this will be the first man she gives her trust uh, right. away to. Right. All right. Now that we've laid out that scenario, Nicole, don't do it. Andy. Yes. You're 18. You're on with Suzanne Vega. Yeah. I have a question for Suzanne. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering, like... Uh, like, you're one of the few, like, uh, artists I really listen to where the, the lyrics are a major part of it. Uh-huh. I was kind of wondering, like, what novels do you read, like, versus poetry? Because <laughs> I'm not much of a poet, but I love books, so. What novels do I read? Well, um, I read a lot of novels from other times. Uh, I don't read a lot of contemporary novels. I read uh, Emily Bronte. I've read Wuthering Heights every year since I was, I don't know, 15 or something. I read a lot of existentialist novels. Uh, I'm trying to read the Mandarins right now, which I'm finding a little difficult. I like, uh, you know, okay. I don't know. Does that help you at all? But yeah. Is actually, that anything yeah. you're interested in? What? Uh, no. I'm, what sort of novels do you read? Uh, I'm more of a sci-fi stuff. Okay. But uh, not like... Do you read H.P. Lovecraft? Hmm? Did you, do you read H.P. Lovecraft? I guess that's more fantasy. Uh, not, 
I don't know the name. Like, uh, okay. I, once I went <laughs> off to college, like, reading was, like, it kind of slipped the priority. Okay. But, like, uh, my favorite author is a guy named Zelazny. Hmm. Yeah, he does, like, weird stuff where, like, I, I really like it because the sci-fi is basically just the setting. Uh-huh. And meanwhile, the story is just going, the story is what happens to the characters. All right, uh, Andy? Mm-hmm. I don't want to be rude, but uh, this is not Suzanne's own uh, home line. Yeah, yeah. You guys are on the radio now. Okay. All right, anything else? Well, yeah, just one thing. Dr. Drew, you're saying that you forget that you're, uh, you're on the radio sometimes? Right. Yeah, well, uh, which call? I listen to you guys, like, not quite religiously, but a lot, and you've helped me a lot, like, with problems I've had, and I haven't gotten the guts to ask. Oh, great. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck. All right, Andy. Have fun with the reading. I don't trust a man who reads. <laughs> I've always said that. You've never known one. I read, uh, let's see, what books have I read in my life? Uh, Yertle the Turtle. Oh, uh, no, my daughter's really into that right now. She's uh, three? Yeah, she's oh, three. We gave okay. her two turtles for her birthday. All right, I was 23 when I uh, read that first. Um, <clears throat> I like the movie better. You made it through yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I fell asleep halfway into one of the pop-up pictures. <laughs> um, big Dr. Seuss fan. And uh, I have read, uh, I read The Phantom Tollbooth. Uh, when I was about 14, no, make it 12, and ended up getting about 14 book reports out of it because uh, I didn't learn to read very uh, very well very early, and uh, reading was a very difficult task for me. So if I did, in fact, read a book, I was going to milk it mm-hmm. for all it was worth. So I, I'd really like to get a, a compilation of uh, the Adam Carolla Phantom Tollbooth book <laughs> reports uh, ranging from uh, you know age uh, 12 to uh, age 17. Probably getting worse as they went along. Eric. Hi. You're 29. Yes, I am. Uh, I just wanted to let you guys uh, know that nobody makes me laugh like you guys do. Thank you. Um, I have a question for Dr. Drew. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to know, uh, what alternatives would there be to the condom outside of, like, vasectomy? I've heard of the male, male pill. and uh, Which is not yet available. Not yet available. Is, is there anything else? Not really. Not for the man, unfortunately. Withdrawal. Mm. I mean, that doesn't work. No, it's no. not very much fun either. It works in the porn movies, though, every time. Hey, Eric. Yeah. Why are you, why are you pursuing this? Why? Uh, well, I mean, are you in a relationship? Yeah, I am. And how's that going? Uh, about to get married. Okay. And uh, are you wearing a condom? Uh, no, right now she's on the pill. Mm-hmm. Does she want to get off the pill? Well, I want to make sure there's uh, no accidents. I don't know. You want to be have both of you protected? <laughs> Could he take her pill just as sort of a placebo? He wouldn't do it. But uh, How would it make him feel? The oral contraceptive, like vomiting. Oh, really? Yeah. All right, let me ask you this. Yep. What if we were trapped on an island, Drew, and we had nothing but a, a case That's of... That's a uh, fantasy oh. that keeps coming up over and over for you now. <laughs> All right. Really, it keeps talking about... It kind of it makes me feel funny. Quiet down, it. Friday. Uh, we're trapped on an island, and you and I just have a case of uh, low overall. Right. Uh, and that's all we could uh, exist off of. Yeah. Should we eat it? No. Nope. Really? Yeah, if you, you can't afford it. just die in no. each other's arms? <laughs> You'd oh throw breasts. Shall I leave the room? Your breasts would hurt. <laughs> You'd vomit. No, we'll do it in front of you. You may <laughs> oh, be like great. cowgirl or oh, something. Joy. <laughs> Suzanne, give me that cup of water. I'm drying up over here. All right, so we would die off it. But the the contraceptive pill is so very effective. Why would you want to do something else in addition, provided it's taken properly? Right. Well, that's that's always the question. Uh, I mean, you know, she's not she's not able to take the pill at the same time every day. 
Uh, well, not that so much as more of a control freak, I guess. You're more of a control freak. Yeah. Uh huh. You don't you don't trust her, or is it that you don't trust her to take the pill because it is very effective, or that you want to do something to yourself in order to control uh, your own sperm somehow? Uh, well, it's more like no accident. So I guess uh, I, I guess I wonder. Uh, if she ever decides to like, oh well, you know, let's just say we're taking it. Oh, you don't. Well, why, trust why, her. why are you marrying this person if you don't, don't trust you her in the most that. fundamental yeah, way? I got a better question. Why is she marrying Eric? <laughs> I'd love to talk to her. What's up with you two? Yeah, why are you getting married? Well, I love her. You do. Yeah. You just don't trust her. Well, I was married once before, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and uh, my ex uh, came up one day, and she was basically, you know, oh, I want a baby, I want a baby, want a baby. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, later on, at some point, she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So I don't really... Well, that's just good concrete thinking. These are like the people that are prejudiced because a black guy stole their car stereo 10 years ago. So uh, all black people must just steal car stereos. I mean, that's... Uh, it happened to their car. It must just happen to everyone. Eric, yeah. this is a different woman, you understand. Yeah, that's true. The only uh, thing that makes me nervous is you chose the last one and you're tr- choosing this one. <laughs> <laughs> you're kind of the through line here, Eric. All right, Eric. Uh, listen, here's what you need to do. Uh-huh. Uh, you need to put down the ether rag, first off. Uh, I wouldn't get married. I really wouldn't. I don't trust you, uh, I don't trust her, I don't trust any woman who'd marry Eric, and I don't trust you for picking her, and uh, I am on board, however, on the birth control part. I don't, uh, I don't believe that Eric should be squeezing out any little Eric's for, for a little time. Yeah, if, maybe ever. Could you imagine, uh, Suzanne, could you imagine being in a relationship with this Eric? <laughs> could you? Oh, you shouldn't ask me that. You'd, uh, you'd freeze up like an otter pop, wouldn't you? <laughs> well... I try to make it a rule. I mean, now I'm married, but I, uh, when I was going out with people, I, I don't like going out with people who describe themselves as control freaks. Right. I mean, I've been called that myself, but uh, really? which I'm not, of course. But, I mean, in, in, my, in my career, I try and take control of things. But um, What's your husband do? He's a producer. Uh, I sort of figured he'd be a, in the business guy. Yeah. Ponytail. Oh, please. No. <laughs> I, all these I producers don't think are the so. same guy. <laughs> Not this one. No, he's a good guy? <laughs> he's a really great guy. Does he produce your work? He's produced the last two records. Mm-hmm. He produces a ton of other people as well. Is it, uh, is it tough to uh, work with a guy uh, that you're going home to or with? No, actually, because um, then I get to see him. Uh, I mean, I get to see him all day long, which is uh, I don't get to see him that often when we're not working together. See, I believe the cornerstone of any good relationships is abstinence. I mean, not sexually, absence. but absence, I should say. Where you <laughs> Abstinence. <laughs> where you don't, well, is that only a sexual term? Can, can you, you mean abstinence? Can you, can you, can you have abstinence uh, from a person yeah. in a non-sexual yeah, way? Yeah, I guess. It uh, doesn't connote that, but yeah, yeah. Does it Connotate. denote or connote? Yeah. All right, here's <laughs> the point. Uh, you mean I've, it's good to have time separate? I, I, here's my, my thing. I, I think a relationship is good for a certain number of days, and if you see them every single day, you use up those days uh, wow. consecutively. 
Hmm. So you could you could be with someone every day for a year, or you could see them twice a week for ten years. I'm not doing the math here. Maybe like seven, six, right. seven years. You know what I'm? You yeah, know what I mean? I know, you drag I know it what out. Talking about yeah. Because I, I don't know that I agree with that, but I I know what you're talking about. But you you know what it's like to be smothered in a relationship yeah, a little I too much. Yeah, I know what that's like. Yeah. And if you don't, and this s- is not like that. No. All right, but if you don't see him for two weeks, you're really excited to see him. Yeah. Okay. And if you don't see him for two and a half months, you start to wonder if there's oh. if it's a if it's a relationship. Okay, so you strike. So a you balance. have to yeah, you have to strike a balance. Drew, you got to start bringing your wife in here. All right. Okay. <laughs> Why don't you try rapping it this time? Yo, yo, kick some flavor and stuff and love and line. I'll be right back in a minute. I'm sorry, that was really bad. You're just not street like me. It is Loveline. Phone number 1-800-L-O-V-E-191. I'm Adam Carolla. He is Dr. Drew, and she is Suzanne Vega, who is here representing the Lilith Tour. She also has a CD out called uh, Nine Objects of Desire. I uh, I recommend uh, that you um, go out and purchase uh, anything that uh, Suzanne Vega has been involved with. Is this uh, your fifth CD? My fifth CD, yeah. And um, I have not heard all of them. I uh, I must ad- admit uh, I really do love uh, Solitude Standing, and I'm I'm guessing uh, that is uh, one of your biggest over the years. One of my biggest sellers, yeah. And uh, I like everything on it, so um, well, I, I could um, I I couldn't see how the other ones would suck, <laughs> unless you just had uh, some sort of uh, you know um, tumor or something. But you seem to be in good health. Well, I feel like I'm in good health. Interesting. You know, these things are always a matter of taste. Yeah, but I do believe, and uh, Drew and I have uh, yacked about this on the air before, I do believe there is good and there is crap, mm-hmm. even uh, in artistic endeavors. Uh-huh. I've had this uh, argument with my mother many a time. Mm-hmm. And uh, even if, let's say, this is not your cup of tea, you don't like s- this type of music. You don't like uh, Suzanne Vega's type of music. And... I may not sit around and listen to Suzanne Vega, but when I hear a Suzanne Vega CD, I, I have to say, yes, that is very good. Oh, thanks. And there's certain bands that I don't necessarily even like, but I still recognize them as real good bands. Mm-hmm. Drew, are, are you with me? Now, my uh, mother... Your, your classic is a Monet is better than dogs uh, playing poker. Right. Just better. It's better. Yeah. yeah I, I had this argument with my mother where mm-hmm. I said... Uh, Listen, uh, The Simpsons is the uh, best written show on TV, uh, comically. And she said, uh, well, that's your opinion. You're welcome to it. And I said, uh, no, that is a truth. And she said, well, it's an, a truth for you, but it's not a truth for me. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's subjective. Whatever I'm into, I'm into. And you can't take that away from you me. You know what? We're, we're getting a little... That, that, it's a very interesting difference in terms of how people want to look at reality. We are moving a little bit away from that relativistic view and everybody's trying to find something more that we can all call truth. Oh, we don't, are. Don't you think? I believe I really I'm do. spearheading I, that movement. Well, I think your mom's attitude is a little old-fashioned. That, that well, she, of she course. May, she may, She's my mom. I think somebody today might, would, might rather say, well, I, I can't appreciate that. Maybe you're right. Maybe that is the truth, but I, I don't see it that way. Well, I can't stand the fact 
that we're living in a society where people say, we have idiots saying, um, I think this show is better than that show, or I think this music is better than that music. That's my opinion. Screw you. Mm-hmm. Now, I would like these people to be labeled as idiots. Okay. And uh, the example I used uh, with my mom that uh, shut her the hell up, that Drew uh, snuck out a few moments ago, I said, listen, Mom, uh, take painting. This is, a, this is an artistic endeavor. There's uh, dogs playing poker over here. There's Monet over there. Okay. If you like dogs playing poker, that doesn't make it better than a Monet that makes right. you an asshole. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. See? Right. There's certain standards that you would like to measure things by, and either they of live course. up to the standards or they don't. Certainly. Okay. And you, you do it in every other uh, endeavor. Well, why, why not this? I mean, there's, there's wine experts, there's art experts. Well, why, why is there not music and, and comedy experts? I consider myself a comedy expert. I'll label you a uh, music expert, and true, you're an expert of uh, the reproductive system of a woman. Or, no, you're Just an expert. Not, not of guys? He doesn't know guys that good. Oh, okay. <laughs> he really doesn't. He don't know his way around a guy. <laughs> 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 and he wouldn't touch me, by the way. I had a little problem with my rear end one time. I went into him uh, seeking his help, and he told me to get out. Mm. And this was at his office. Uh, Peter. It's true. Yeah, how you doing? 29. <laughs> it was great. I, I just began to gesture to my rear end. Drew, I'm experiencing some pain, and, and it's coming goodbye. from, and he said, here's the number of a guy. Call him. I said, but, uh, Drew, I thought well, we were friends. He's not a rear end specialist. He's, a, he's no specialist when it comes to me. I said, Drew, I, I'm serious now. I'm in pain. I could have some uh, difficulty here. This could be potentially life-threatening. Uh, call this guy. I will not look at your anus. Those are his words. Well, you guys exactly. know each other too well. That's why. That's all, the more, all the more Very. reason. That's all right. the more reason. Yeah. Oh, it was fine when we were camping, but now <laughs> all of a sudden we're in the office. And he cops a holier-than-thou attitude. Peter. Yeah, well, uh, this calls for Suzanne, but I wanted to say that, uh, Adam, Dr. Drew, I wanted to thank you for the tools you provided um, and the proverbial mirror, which you basically hold up and allow uh, people like myself to take a look at ourselves every once in a while, get that glimpse, and I think that's really a gift, and thank you very much. All right, thank you for and, being so eloquent. And I wanted to uh, say what an honor it is to speak uh, with Suzanne. I've been a fan for 12 years. I went to art school in New York, and remember driving five hours to see her at the Ritz one night and bringing her a dozen roses, and uh, she's been inspiring as an artist uh, my whole life. Well, thank uh, well, you very much. whole life, but uh, to this day. Thanks. But uh, I was upset. I went to a little affair last night, and mm-hmm. it was my wife's birthday. We spent $42 a pop on the tickets, and you know, we figured that you were going to go on a little later in the show oh. when we found out that you actually went on before Jewel and Paula Cole. I'm the who, opening act. <laughs> I mean, they're flavor of the month. They put out one hit single. You've been around for 10 years, put out five albums. You know, the respect, you should have gone on after them. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I That's totally nice. uh, agree with the young stoned audience uh, because uh, they think... Uh, you know, Al dente means eating outside. <laughs> Somebody's grandfather. Right. <laughs> you know al dente. <laughs> the dentes. Come on. All right. Uh, and, and what happened with the song Tom's Diner is it, it, was, it was sort of a, I don't know, more of like a ditty. It wasn't a big, uh, big right, full-blown tune, thing. Right. And it got a, I think it must have gotten some airplay, but it's hard. A very, very small amount. Well, probably in England. I guess, I guess it's that a lot of people bought the CD. It was the, uh, like, third cut or the first cut. It's the first cut. Uh, first cut, and then Luca was the uh, second, second cut, I guess. So mm-hmm. everyone got the CD, and everyone heard the first cut. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, uh, a rap group, which group was it? Well, it was a group called DNA. 
and they weren't actually they weren't actually a group. It was one guy was a um, an engineer, and the other guy was a singles promotion man, and um, they called themselves DNA, but uh, they did this remix. And they did it. How many years? Was it a few years it was after a few it was years out? Later, right? Yeah, it was. But it was three years afterwards. And uh, so I guess that was ninety. Yeah. And uh, they did a whole sort of rap thing to with. Uh, they put it, a beat underneath what I sang. They didn't even change the the structure of the the melody or anything. They they pretty much took the whole song except for, for the very end. Right. Put a chorus in it, which I think made all the difference. And how are we going to do this now? Should I just do the do 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 part? Well, you can until you get bored with it, and then and then I can just plow ahead. But um, all right, and if you really, I mean, it, it really works with twenty thousand people. If it's one other person, I, you know, it's, it loses maybe a little bit of it. Do you get the whole charm, audience to do charm. the do 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 part? Yeah, I do. Oh, okay. uh, not the whole. Some, you know, the the real dialogue. Well, if I give it. myself like a little reverb, I can do 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 do. Oh wait, okay. engineer Mike's saying no. Is that all right? No. No? Well, what sounds better? Do, 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 All right, just reach across and hit me the coffee mug if you're tired. Okay. Okay. All right. You ready? Yeah. All right. This is Adam Carolla jamming with Suzanne Vega. Take one. Okay. Here we go. Do, do, do. No, no, it doesn't start off that way. I start. Then you come in. All right, all right. Okay, I'll start. Okay. I'll let you know when it's your turn. I am. Sitting in the morning at the diner on the corner I am waiting at the counter for the man to pour the coffee And he fills it only halfway And before I even argue he is looking out the window At somebody coming in it is always nice to see you, says the man behind the counter to the woman who has come in. She is shaking her umbrella, and I look the other way as they are kissing their hellos, and I'm pretending not to see them, and instead I pour the milk. Dr. Drew do 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 I open up the paper there's a story of an actor who had died while he was drinking it was no one I had heard of and I'm turning to the horoscope and looking for the funnies when I'm feeling someone watching me and so I raise my head do 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 do. There's a woman on the outside looking inside. Does she see me? No, she does not really see me, cause she sees her own reflection. And I'm trying not to notice that she's hitching up her skirt, and while she's straightening her stockings, her hair has gotten wet. I'm gonna fade out. We're not at the end of the song. Oh, we're not. It really felt like the end. Oh, this rain it will continue through the morning as I'm listening to the bells of the cathedral. I am thinking of your voice. And of the me.
midnight picnic once upon a time before the rain began. And I finish up my coffee and it's time to catch the train. <laughs> That's right. yeah, I like that. Now I'm going into Luca. So I'm going to need another five minutes. Ah, <laughs> oh. see, Drew, there's a true artist. Yes. <clears throat> she can perform under, and, uh, under extraordinary adversity <laughs> circumstances. I, I was talking about myself. Yeah. Uh, Raul, thank you, uh, Suzanne. That was wonderful. Raul, you're 16. Raul? Hmm. Five, Raul? four. Oops. All right. Uh, maybe we, Paul? Uh, maybe it's Paul. Maybe they got the wrong. Oh, well, maybe it is. Uh, Paul? Paul? Hello? Uh-huh. True, you're a genius. <laughs> All right. Um, one of my teachers told me that I have a tongue ring, and he says that I have a 75% uh, percent chance of getting cancer. Is that true? 75% of what? Uh, chance of getting cancer. On 75% my of what? I don't know. Or a percent chance that I'll I'm get cancer. I'm guessing of 100%, Drew. He doesn't have a hundred percent chance. I mean, it's a bizarre statement. Seventy-five percent chance of getting tongue cancer. Yeah. Seventy-five percent, what, like a threefold greater chance than you would otherwise of getting this very rare cancer, or seventy-five percent of the cancers in the country are going to be caused by rings. I mean, what what does that mean? I, he just it, it, is, it is a it is a it doesn't even make sense. Uh, and I've never heard that piercing predisposes to cancer, though. Uh, there that. There is, it is in fact the case, so that non-healing wounds in squamous tissue, which the tongue is basically made of, uh, can become cancerous. But those are like in, in like burns and wounds that uh, really are not healing. These things, these uh, tongue piercings, epithelialize and heal basically. He's just screwing with you, Paul. Raul, it's Raul. Raul. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. All right. Hold on a second. <laughs> I think he pressed the wrong button. Before. Is, no, no, it was the right button. Is it Raul? Right yeah. Oh, for. What the hell is going? What's all right tonight? They were chanted by Suzanne. Okay, Uh, Raul, you're fine. All right. Is it hard to say Raul with a tongue uh, piercing though? Nah. And then come out like oh. No, I'm used to it. Okay. Thanks. All right, Uh, teachers. Well, hey, listen. I appreciate teachers trying to uh, scare. Uh, That's part of their job Uh is to scare their uh, teenage students into not doing stupid things. And I, I appreciate that. How come you ever speak uh, uh, glowingly of your shop instructors and the way they used to try to scare you? Because uh, scaring you uh, that you're going to get your scalp torn off by a shop lathe or your your hand destroyed in a drill press is uh, is too much. Tongue cancer I can get on board with. Besides, we weren't uh, we weren't doing anything foolish besides making bongs and skateboards. Amber, sixteen. Um, hi. Well, I have this problem. My hair is falling out. Generally. Generally, yeah. All over the scalp, not as though it's just in one patch. No. Is there any rash on the scalp? No. Are you on any medications? No. Oh, yeah, I am. I'm on um, tetracycline. That may be why your hair is falling out. Really? Yeah. Have you used any dyes or funny treatments on the hair? Yeah, about two months ago, I dyed my hair black. That's another reason the hair could fall out. How about, uh, (laughs) have you been under a lot of stress or anything like that, changing your diet? Um, not really. You haven't been in a car accident or something like that? No. Okay. So, but I mean, but I mean, it's massive. Yeah. I mean, are you on? Are you on tetracycline or minocycline? Tetracycline. Yeah. For my face. Yeah. I mean, it could be that. It could be just that. It also could be the fact that you dyed your hair. And it could be the combination of the antibiotic with the hair dye. So uh, you, you need is to talk, it that harsh? 
Did you say Malcolm Ann's hair hasn't fallen out. She dyes her hair a different color during the show. Ooh, she actually come into the show. That was that was a, that, She's number one. <laughs> right? Yes. Anne just flew me the bird. I'm serious. I see Anne at uh, quarter to ten. Her hair's blonde. I see her at, uh, I see her at uh, twelve fifteen, and she's brunette again. She dyes her hair that much. Yeah. How come her hair looks all right? Because not everyone. First of all, again, it could be the antibiotic with the dye, and it can be that some women are more sensitive to that. I mean, why do some people's scalp break out with more shampoo and other people's don't? No one's scalp breaks out with shampoo. But, but I haven't taken that medicine for about like two weeks or so. And well, it, it will go on for quite some time. You're not pregnant or anything like that? No. No. There's nothing else going on in your life, no other medical problems, no joint problems, skin problems otherwise? Mm, no. Okay. Uh, talk to the doctor who's prescribing the tetracycline. That's where I'd start, okay? Okay. All right. Good luck. Thanks. Oh, so it's either bad skin or uh, no hair. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's got to be horrible. I'm so glad I'm not a woman. So I can't keep a teenager. My, I, or a teenager or a teenage woman who has a skin or hair problem. Uh, my problem is hygiene. I had a skin problem. Uh, oh, you did? That's why I was trying to clear skin. Wow. When I was 16. But your skin looks so nice. It looks nice now, yeah, but it didn't back then. It's really, really bad. In fact, I was taking tetracycline for a little while, and it, it cleared up some stuff I had on my feet. It didn't do anything for my face. Yeah, zits on your feet? And then, no, I had something. I had some warts or something like that at that point, well, and baby, it cleared them up. It was beautiful. You've really blossomed. Oh, thanks. But it probably served you well with, the, you know, this sort of... Um, and then yeah. when I was 20, it cleared up. But it's good that you weren't the belle of the ball early on. Because well, you he, can say that again. You wouldn't I have, mean, I was certain that was certainly true in my case. You'd probably be uh, working as like a uh, you know court typist or something now, or a paralegal, or uh, you know some sort of secretary to a car dealership. You needed. You I'd needed be a receptionist. I used to be a receptionist before I got my record deal. But do, do you think uh, the fact that uh, now I'm guessing if you had bad skin and uh, bad feet. Uh, back then, uh, <laughs> you really couldn't go outside with bad that. feet and skin. Uh, well, what I'm saying is, is don't you think a lot of the, the, the folks that uh, make good artists had a little strife uh, early on in life? This is the way Adam justifies well, his, his life. Uncomfortable, quite. He down wants to know that there's going to be some <laughs> reason There's going to be some payoff for the pain, is what I'm saying. Well, I always believed that. I mean, I, I, ha I wanted to believe that because I, I had had a very, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I always hoped that my adult life would be... Better than uh, better than what my childhood was, which I had a lot of a lot of problems. Well, like chanting uh, uh, zits and uh, athlete's foot, it's got to be better. And it's look at you now. now, you make a ton of money. Uh, you got a big wig uh, husband, and you do what you want for a living, right? I do what I want for a living. And that uh, this kids is the key to life, because. Uh, you know, when you're in, like, junior high and you're in high school and you're thinking, uh, all right, well, this sucks. I hate this. But if someone paid me uh, eight bucks an hour, I'd do just about anything and be happy. You won't. The key to life is doing what you want to do for a living. And it's important to think about that once in a while. Forget about the money. Uh, forget about the career goals, education. Forget about what your dad and mom wants you to do. Think about what you want to do. And if you can figure out a way to make a buck doing that, then uh, you've got life by the tail. Because uh, if uh, what you're doing for money is not work to you, that's great. Because you remember how miserable you were as a uh, receptionist. I was uh, miserable as a uh, carpenter and carpet cleaner and boxing instructor. And I'm uh, Avon lady. And <laughs> oh, were you for about two weeks? Yeah. You went door to door and tried to uh, push I, cosmetics. I tried. Yeah. I mean, it was very difficult for me being a very reclusive, introspective sixteen-year-old with bad skin and didn't wear makeup and. 
And uh, my sister was doing it. And she was really good at it, so I thought I would give it a try. And it was kind of, uh, it was funny. I got dragged on a Herbal Life meeting uh, once when I was like eighteen and sat there sounds through like, a whole like thing. Been to a few meetings in your life. Oh, I certainly have. <laughs> I really have. Think about all those things you. Uh, I went to like uh, I went to uh, take a test to be an ambulance driver. Oh my God, Drew, you you don't know how lucky you are to have direction. Drew went to a prep school. Drew got right, you know, all, they just groomed him for college. He got straight out of uh, high school. He went straight away to college. He was a doctor. His dad was a doctor. Always knew he wanted to be a doctor. His, I'm sure his dad uh, bought him like a, a stethoscope when he was nine and said, get used to it. But basically, and who knows if you really wanted to be a doctor. You could have uh, been a famous opera singer, but you... Didn't have, have didn't have to. <laughs> oh, I was going to say guts, but that's a that's a better patience, better pun, a pun angle. Pun on the day, but uh, you always knew what you're going to do, and there shouldn't have been any anxiety in your life. Poor uh, Suzanne was pushing uh, pushing Avon, pushing a pencil, and a nurse in a head that ached to rock and roll. Okay, we'll be back. Here's Loveline before deworming. Here's Loveline after getting fixed. Here's Loveline chewing out its stitches. Here's Loveline dragging its butt across the carpet. Bad Loveline. Bad Loveline. Loveline has been bad, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Loveline. The world-famous K-Rock. You're listening to Loveline. The world-famous K-Rock. What's that, Drew? It said, one thing about hard work, you're always glad when it's done, when you did it. Yeah, except for now I think I'm going to die uh, of asbestos uh, poisoning. But, oh, that's uh, why you keep asking me about that. What well, about asbestos? Well, I've been, what about I've been under a lot of houses. I've torn out a lot of, you know, Then give up those, those GD cigarettes and uh, there will not be a risk for you. Seriously. God, I like to smoke. Well, smokers and asbestos creates mesothelioma, a certain kind of cancer. Right, but I don't smoke that much. It doesn't matter. Really? No. Well, I'm sure. So maybe I, I should it, smoke more. It, it, I mean, I'm. I don't know that there's a proven correlation. It's sort of a yes/no issue. All right. I'd like you to check me out. Could you do that? Let me give you the name of a guy. I I don't need the um, anus checked out, but this is the rest of me. I haven't been looked at in a long right. time. All right. Can you do that? Yeah. I've never really. I haven't had a physical in 15 years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I could have something. I could be pregnant for all I know. Suzanne Vega, thank you very much. Thank you. It was uh, a fast two hours. Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> For yeah, us. Especially Tom's Diner, that went by pretty quickly. Oh, uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, mm. you, would you say you had a delightful time here? Yeah, I did, in fact. Oh, good. Yeah, I did. I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, because you probably expected like not to have that good a time. Right? I wasn't sure what to expect. But on the other hand, I like listening to people, and I like... Uh, Hearing people talk about things that are personal to them. Well, perhaps and we can get together and work on a project. Uh, All right. You know, <laughs> coming up. I mean, you, and this is the half. I can play the harmonica like a mother, <laughs> tambourine, whatever it is. So uh, perhaps, uh, well, well, you get your people to talk to mine. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you very much, Suzanne Vega. The uh, name of the album is Nine Objects of Desire. I uh, strongly recommend it. And until next time, this is Am Crowell for Dr. Drew saying mahalo. This has been... This concludes another PodcastOne.com program.